Hello and welcome back to the RevOp Show. Things look a little different around here. Since the last time you listened in or saw us, we changed our company name. Nothing else has changed. We've just updated from Imagine to Lift, as that better encompasses what we do and why we exist. If you want to read the full story, go to our show notes and click on the story in the additional resources. But in the time that we were gone, we missed you all over the short break that we took as we made room to record a few more episodes for the beginning of this year. And I ended up being out of the office as I was moving from Texas back to Virginia. But now that we're all back, we are ready to rock and roll right into this episode on HubSpot versus Salesforce. There's a lot of people that are biased to one platform over the other, and today it is time to break things down and figure out when it makes sense to use one over the other. Jess. Doug. Did did you hear the opening music? I did. I heard okay. it. Just making sure because you kind of yeah. had a delayed reaction. It looked like you weren't ready. Oh, I'm ready. I mean, we're we're doing this whether I'm ready or not. So, because <laughs> I thought you were always ready. I'm always ready. Always. Jess, it's the first podcast of 2023. It is. It is. What's that? What's that behind you? New year, new name. What's that? You guys, that's, you that's guys changed our, your name. You guys, yeah, yes, us guys did. <laughs> we are Lyft now. We are New Year, new name. Does that mean next year we need another new name? No. <laughs> no. Although, actually, Jess, I got to tell you, I think we're actually going to change the name. I'm serious. <laughs> what are we going to change it to? I think it needs to be Lyft AI. No, it does not. <laughs> no, I think it does. I think changing. we could raise a lot more money if it was Lyft AI. I'm sure. I'm sure we could. I'm sure we could. I'm sure we could raise some money along with hijinks. I think. I think it'll make us more attractive to prospective buyers. It'll um, help with FOMO. This. You know, you know what's firing right now? It's your entrepreneurial brain. It's firing on all cylinders right now. Lift AI, doesn't that? It they'll has like to it. they'll 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 like me better. They'll give me more money. They'll invite me to their parties. I'll get invited to better parties. I'll get to I'll get to be with the cool kids. Yeah, exactly. Let's do it. I mean, twenty twenty three is all about week. AI. That's what I. That's what. I, or should it be Lyft GPT? No, should not be. So just Lyft AI. Yeah, let's go with Lyft AI. We'll change it next week. And then you know what will change along with it? What our chief of staff? Oh my gosh, no. No. Our project management tool. Oh God, yeah that 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 will get me to quit. You you really want I mean, me to leave? I mean, we're, we're a new company. We got a new name. Don't you need a new project management tool to stay in alignment? We've talked about this. I mean, that, is, that, is, that, that is the one thing that will get me to walk is if we <laughs> change our project I mean, management tool again. I mean, Jess, you have to think of it this way, right? We've changed our name. We've changed the name of the company more recently than we changed our project management system. 
Yes, that is true. And that, that, that seems out of whack. Always, that will always stay that way, hopefully. Unless a so really, say, really good reason to switch the project management tool. Entertainment's not a really good reason? See, there, there's, that, there's that entrepreneur brain of yours firing off again. No, you know, I no. Don't, I, don't the, I don't think that's entrepreneurial. I, I think that's more just... Um, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> I don't know if it's entrepreneurial or it's just my um just your brain. Yeah, my I mean I'm not the only person that enjoys watching things explode. I I know. I know. You know, my favorite Where? thing when I was a DJ, when I had to do all the stupid line dance stuff like Macarena and shit like that, is I'd play with the pitch control. Right? And and so I'd I'd speed it up. I'd slow it down. I'd speed it up. And, and the whole goal was that really, before you knew it, people were like running into each other as they were doing their stuff back. It was, it was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, if I had to play those damn songs then I might as well. I, I'm not, I mean, I'm not surprised by any of this, by anything that you're telling me right now, but I mean, that's a little bit of a social experiment that I could see you running. Let's see what they do. Yeah, I had uh, the, the the end of my DJ career was I had a rule that um, I didn't play songs twice. Now, mm-hmm. there was always the exception to the rule, which was if you paid me, then I would consider it. <laughs> right. So I actually had someone uh, pay me a hundred bucks to play a song because I'd already played it earlier. They paid me a hundred bucks. Um, did you play it? So some, yeah, for a hundred bucks. Damn right, I did. You, it. Or I'll, did you? Or I'll, did you just consider it? Well, you said you would consider it for you didn't say you. Oh, you yeah, know, for hundred bucks, I mean, look, look. I mean, the, the truth is, for hundred bucks, I would have played it back to back. Okay. I, I'm, I'm just saying. So anyway, so someone wanted, um, someone wanted Vogue, and I already played Vogue. Um, and and they're like, they go, "Is there anything I can do to to get you to play it?" I'm like, "Yeah, I mean, you can, you, you know, give me a tip." They're like, you know, well, how much? I said, I don't know. 20 bucks. Like, I can't believe you're asking for that. They, they went and complained to the, uh, to the manager of the restaurant mm-hmm. bar that I yeah. was working at. And the manager comes over and says, um, and, and, and you have to understand too, like when I started at this bar, it was, but you know, it was a slow night. It wasn't doing things. So, so, you know, I mean, bartenders loved me because I kept people there long, filled the place up, et cetera. So he, you know, Juan comes over and says, Doug, we, why, why, why won't you play Vogue? I said, I already played it. You know, you, you know, I don't play songs twice. I already played it. Come on, man, just play the song. I looked at him and I said, I said, Juan, how about I won't tell you how to manage the restaurant? You don't tell me how to DJ. And then he said, look, Doug, I'm the manager. I want the song played. Play the song. I said, okay, no problem. I played the song. Followed up Vogue with... um and no one listening is probably going to remember this song MC 900 foot Jesus city sleeps. It was just, and so I just went to, I just played like crazy alternative music for the rest of the night. Uh, and that was the last time I DJ. And like, I was there, I was there four weeks. I was at the bar four weeks later and I was like, what, what, how come we haven't seen you? I'm like, seriously one. And that's how my DJ career ended. <laughs> yeah, I always, well, you know, it was a side thing I did. Talk about... Yep. Yep. It was a side thing I did. Anywhere. I always said, you know what? As long as I have more fun doing it, 
than not doing it. The day that I'll have more fun not doing it is the day I'll stop. That's when I stop. And you're still kind of a DJ because you play you play our you play our musical selections at the top of our team meeting. There we go. There it is. Yep. We're not here today to talk about your DJ career. That's not, that We're is not. not the topic of, no, that's not the topic of the episode. How did we get to, how did we get to that? So what are how we talking we about, DJ? Jess? <laughs> um, so, so you and I were, were talking earlier this week and, and you were pointing out that there, there's some rumblings on LinkedIn. And so we wanted to talk, we want to talk about Salesforce or HubSpot. So, so yeah, there's this whole crazy, I mean, I, I'm, I'm like, I don't know whether I want to do this or not. Cause I'm, it, it's so, I mean, it's just boring actually, <laughs> honestly. Um, also we've gotten some, some, um, some good feedback on, um, seems to be some buzz from our, our five part series of, uh, what to expect when expecting serum yep. implementation. And, uh, yeah. Wow. Cultish, uh, cultish experience. Why do you say that? Um, so it's like, man, and I guess I know, I guess it's the LinkedIn thing. I guess it's what you're supposed to do. Um, your, you know, it, it, what, what was the, what was it? Was it Twilight? Was that the vampire movie? You were team one or the other? I, I don't, what yeah, was it? Team, team Jacob, or I don't know what the other guy's name is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and so it's, it's like you're, your team HubSpot or your team Salesforce. And so you've got, um, you know, and, and, and there's no team question Jacob, from a volume standpoint, there's no question that from a volume standpoint, HubSpot has more people on team HubSpot, but you've got people out there on, on team Salesforce. And the question is, um, well, I'm actually seeing people right now, saying right now is, is Salesforce viable, which I is just, and and look, some of the people who are listening who who are who are on the HubSpot bandwagon and have done your LinkedIn posts on that, I realize that you're not saying that, right? So I don't want everyone that's you know, but but there are some yeah. that are like Salesforce laid off ten percent of their workforce. That's proof that they're no longer. It's like what in the you know? So so yeah, it it's um you know so so there there's like there's a cultishness in the sense that you're either. It's like I guess you either have to bleed cloud blue, or um, or orange, right? And and, and, and you're saying that's on both sides, right? Because you're talking about it heavily on the HubSpot side, but you're saying also on the Salesforce side, there's that, there's that advocacy and love. So, I think unquestionably the love is on the HubSpot side. Okay. Um, there's definitely advocacy, but but it's it's, um. Yeah, so you're either, you know, Salesforce is the the book of it. Salesforce is always or anybody if you're serious about scale, you know this, um, or or there, you know, there's a whole group that's, um, you know, ride the HubSpot wave, and you know this used to be true. And, and look, there's no question that 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 HubSpot has has put themselves at a level in a conversation. Heck, our entire business is is driven. By by the legitimate move up market, um, and and look, I'll you know we're if we're on a team, we're on Team HubSpot. Right. Um, but you know, one one of my I, I should say two things: we're on Team HubSpot, but we're we're kind of like on the um, 
we're kind of like a booster of team, you know, like we're on the booster club or, or the, you know, we're a booster member or something And it, you know, HubSpot is a company that has owners. I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they have shareholders, right? I'm, I'm a shareholder. Right. They, they serve that group, right? They, like they have, you know, they don't yeah. wake up every day and say, what can we do to make Lyft enablement more money today? Right. That's they, not what they do. They do not. They do not. Um, and, and so, you know, I'm, I'm careful, you know, Hub, HubSpot has, has definitely, um, what's the word activated, uh, a reseller network, a partner, a partner structure. Like, um, I mean, nobody in, I, I don't, nobody in the tech space has, and, and, I think that I think from a from a pure revenue standpoint and even a um indispensability standpoint I think there could be some people that would push back very heavily cuz you've got Google partners that are um core 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 um though though Google is extraordinarily successful on the straight B2C side obviously where that doesn't play but you know you've got all kinds of um Google expertise Microsoft um had an extraordinarily powerful, still does, has an extraordinarily powerful yep. reseller um, channel, um, SAP, et cetera. Now, now the thing that's different, it, it, you know, and it's not to say that these resellers didn't sell, didn't recommend, you know, didn't lead to, to new sales, but, you know, HubSpot really is only in the last really 12-ish, maybe 18 months, really come to understand and and begin to embrace the idea that there's a value in partners outside of them bringing new business. So, you know, right. HubSpot HubSpot activated a a SaaS partner channel in a way no one no one at least in this I'm, as I'm talking I'm thinking you know Quicken has done a although Quick Quicken embraced accountants and, and that certainly had impact. But I, again, I don't think that accountants had the same level of impact from a partner standpoint that, that HubSpot partners had in serving as a commission only, no risk channel to, to, to drive sales, to drive new business acquisition. Right. Um, you know, the Salesforce implementation partner ecosystem has always been much more on on service delivery and management and, you know, implementation, managed services, et cetera. So, I mean, you know, the, the, the truth of the matter is that you've got an element of the HubSpot partner component. And I, and I think it's, it's probably more than half, you know, I, I, they're, they're a franchise network. I mean, that's how, that's how um, on board they are. And, and, and so you see, you see a lot of companies, that have, uh, like, if you look at their messaging, if you look at their positioning, if you look at their website, it is, you know, it like HubSpot is the lead. HubSpot's the lead, right? And I, I'm a believer that. Well, I, I think when you do that, that's when that's kind of when you begin to become a franchisee. Um, and and I also think that it also, you know, it it, it opens up some challenges from an advisory perspective. You know, so so I don't. Like I, I believe that that you know for us, and the equivalent of others, you know, what is our value proposition? And if our value proposition is only a subset of HubSpot, then mm-hmm. then we are tactical, 
where we be like the difference right. between a strategic between a strategic implementer and a tactical implementer is, I, I mean, to some degree, what level of objectivity do you have? Yeah, and 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 realizing that, you know, I think we take a pretty agnostic, pretty objective approach. Right, but we're not objective, right? I mean, we it it favors us when people are favorable to HubSpot. We are positioned to HubSpot. That's where our 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 deep expertise is. But we also say and are willing to talk about, you know, when is HubSpot not the right solution? Um, and and so when I when I think, you know, when you look at HubSpot and Salesforce, mm-hmm. and you can probably look at some others, but like if you're a legitimate HubSpot implementer and you don't understand legitimately the where, the why, the what of when Salesforce is, is you know, yeah. where, where does Salesforce, where does this play to Salesforce's strengths and, and, and where Salesforce is? A better option um, versus and, and and at the same time, if you're a Salesforce implementer and you don't understand legitimately when HubSpot would be better, then or or when HubSpot would be, you know, strongly viable and vice versa, um, you know, it it, it kind of reminds me what I'm seeing. Kind of reminds me of, you know, when I was heavily involved in coaching. Mm-hmm. You know, some of my philosophies of coaching. So like. I know we talked about this, but let's pretend we hadn't in our preparation for today. So I'm going to ask everybody else out there that's listening. Do you know what the number one contributor to being a great coach? Like what's the number one thing if you want to be a great coach to have? Jess, do you want to share? Great players. Great players, right? Right. Great players. Like, hey, if I want to be a great, if I want to be a big, great baseball coach, I'm going to be a lot better if I can start off with having the best players. Uh, if I want to be a great business coach, Right. It'd be nice if I can start. Right. Now, I'm not saying the best players. That's the only, you know, and, and like I'll never forget when I was coaching youth baseball, there was this person who had coached in the organization who was, I mean, legendary is an overstatement, but within the pantheon of a youth sports organization was legendary. I'm like, wow, wow, wow. And of course, you know, he had coached baseball and I was coaching baseball. And I then learned that Mark Teixeira, the, all-star first baseman who played for the New York Yankees, Texas Rangers, et cetera. He was on his team. Right. And, and, and let me tell you, you know, 12 year old Mark Teixeira, he was pretty damn good. And I thought to myself, you know what? None of my guys here are, <laughs> are Mark Teixeira. And you know what? If I had Mark Teixeira on the team, we, you know, that would help. Right. Yeah. Um, and so the, the, God, I, I can't remember the name of, of the guy who did this, um, he was Alabama football coaches. Pretty sure he coached at Alabama. Who is it? Um, Bill Curry. Pretty sure it's Bill Curry. So Bill Curry was on. Um, he was guest hosting on Mike and Mike in the morning when I when I heard him talk about mm-hmm. this. Um, and he talked about Bear Bryant. He talked about coaching up against Bear Bryant, and he said, "You know, here's how you knew Bear Bryant was one of the greatest coaches of all time." He said he could. He could beat you with his, he could beat your team with his and his team with yours, which meant he could beat your term with his players and his team with your players. So, you know, one of the things that that we strive is to say, is to be very serious. When is, in what situation is Salesforce the better choice? And if I was focused on Salesforce, I would be asking, you know, what, the, the, you know, the same thing versus HubSpot. You know, when we advise with sales organizations and salespeople, one of my favorite questions is, um, 
if you were selling for a competitor, how would you beat you? Yeah. Right. And, and yep. it's disappointing how few salespeople can answer that question. Well, cause nobody thinks right? about that. Yeah. Right. And, and, and so, so you get into this really boring element of, you know, you're either on team HubSpot or you're on team Salesforce and you have this back and forth and everything becomes, yeah. you know, completely reductive in a way. So, so I thought it would be worthwhile since um, Twitter limits you to 280 characters. Um, <laughs> no one's quite reading posts yet. And even LinkedIn, you know, like limits you to 1200 characters. So it doesn't really support nuance and real. I thought it would be worthwhile as a follow-up to our CRM implementation series to, to maybe share our perspective of um, why, you know, when, when is HubSpot likely to be your better choice and when is Salesforce likely to be likely to be your better choice? Okay. So let's, let's start where, when, what, when is HubSpot the right choice and why? Well, before I do that, Jess. Okay. Let's take a step back. Okay. The first decision that you're making, and I think we talked about this in the CRM series, but the first decision that you're making, whether you realize it or not, is you're making a platform decision. And, and so yeah. the way to figure out when is HubSpot the right choice, when is Salesforce the right choice, is, is really not to look at the actual CRM and, and, and not even the, you know, the tools, the features, et cetera. What, what you got to look at is what's the platform and, and therefore what's the platform decision that you're making, right? And, and yeah. you know, from my perspective in the market, um, and I'm talking about, you know, let, 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 let's talk about companies with fewer than 5,000 employees as the rule or organizations, because a company really can be a lot of different units that are, right. you know, fewer than 5,000 employees. And, and, and let's just say, you know, fewer than certainly a thousand salespeople, maybe even fewer than 500 salespeople. So let's just kind of be in that space. There's two platforms. Well, there's, th there's three platforms. There's the HubSpot platform. There's the Salesforce platform mm -hmm. and there's the no platform platform. Okay. Right. Um, I, I think the dominant, platform right now is the no platform platform, especially in smaller business. Um, just because, you know, there's really been no rationale. There is no, you know, what, what, what makes a platform a platform? What makes a, in my, in my opinion, what makes a platform a platform is things work better because of, of the platform. So, so if I use, I mean, so, so for example, if, if your, if your tech stack is disconnected, you don't have a platform. Yep. Right. Because, you know, every, every piece is individual and distinct. It's just a series of point solutions. Now, yep. now you, so you might have, you might have a platform component, but you're not using it as a platform. So it's not a platform. Right. Right. So, so, so the fundamental thing is, is are, are you, is it um, HubSpot platform, Salesforce platform? What is the platform decision that you're making? And so fundamentally Salesforce is what I refer to as a build on platform. So you're going to use Salesforce as the foundation of whatever motion you're going to run. Yep. HubSpot is a work in platform. And, and, and one of the things that that means is that in a Salesforce platform, it is very possible. I, I would even say, I think more often than not, advisable that you have more people not working in Salesforce than you have working in Salesforce, right? So, so if, if you, if you get HubSpot 
And most of your mm-hmm. people are working in other tools and it's they're integrated with with HubSpot. Mm-hmm. I mean, A, if you have a lot of tools, I would kind of ask the question, why did you choose HubSpot? We'll get into that. Right. Later. Um, but yep. B, if they're not working in HubSpot, it's kind of like, well, why did you get HubSpot? Right. So so Right. And and so the the question is what what's your underlying function? Um and, and by the way, I'm taking out things like, you know, do you need full HIPAA compliance in your implementation. Because if you need HIPAA, right. then you, you can't even consider HubSpot right now. But I'm right. sure that that's yep. coming. I don't think that fundamentally changes what, what we're talking about. Right. So, so what, you know, so you get like, like the people who invest in HubSpot, I'm sorry, the people who invest in Salesforce, that use Salesforce effectively, that really get the juice for the squeeze, they don't use just Salesforce. They use... Actually, we, we, we have in our, um, in our revenue, in our revenue acceleration manifesto, we talk about what, what, what's happening in, um, it's funny, Jess, I I got to our website by typing in imagine LLC. (laughs) Old habits die hard. Old habits (laughs) die hard. Um, luckily I'm, I'm calling it, uh, I get you there. 2023. I haven't been writing. So, so here's my, um, here's one of my favorite, um, tweets that I saw. Here's a list. Here are a list of future sales essentials, sales essentials, Vidyard, Salesloft, ReachDesk HQ, Chili Piper, Salesforce, GitAccept, Cluster, Pandadoc. I'm not a hundred percent sure what I do. Turtle, Mailtastic, Leadfeeder, Drift. That is two, four, six, eight, 10, 12 applications. Mm -hmm. Right. You can do the core of all of that. Mm-hmm. With HubSpot. With HubSpot. Yeah. Right. I was actually thinking and, and, of that as you were going right. through them. Right. Yeah. And, and, and so does that mean you should do all of it with one application? I say all things no. being equal, less is better. But all things are right. not always equal. Right. And, right. And so the, you know, so, so if, you're, if your team size is large enough, you know, so, so I like I, you know, sales loft, they're trying to be a full CRM and, full cycle sales loft is best for supporting your sales development motions. Um, and right. so if I have a sales development team of 30, 40 people, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, 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 I can make an argument that, that I think we can do some things with HubSpot that actually make it do cooler, niftier things than, um, than, than sales loft will though. If I've got 30, 40 sales development reps or more than that, and I'm, you know, depending upon what your approach, et cetera, like it would make sense. You know, an outreach is another one that that, that that would fit in there. There, there's a reason to right. get that. You're going to specialize the application. That's what you want your sales development team working from. It's it's built out. It's designed for that, right? You're you you've got Gong, which is a best in class. Con- I mean, you can. I mean, what Gong does is amazing. Does everybody need what Gong does? No, no. Most people don't even know what to do with it, but. <laughs> I, again, I'm not right. taking anything away, right? So, so it, you know, it comes down like is is HubSpot's call recording conversational intelligence in the same league or class as Gong? No, it's not. So, right. so one question I would ask is, what difference does it make? And and realize that when you're using HubSpot's, you're not paying for it, and it's right. all in one place when you're using Gong's, right? So, so you have all these um, elements that come in. Um, so you're going to build on Salesforce. Right. And, and so like, I got 40 sales development reps. I want them working this. I've got my, 
um, account executives, um, they're out in the field. I want them doing, you know, they're, they're using that. And, and oh, by the way, the other thing, because you're building on Salesforce, mm-hmm. the, the level of customization, the level of fit is, is a higher fidelity than, than, than anything else. So, so you can literally run end to end business processes, front stage, backstage. And I don't mean backstage acquisition. I mean, backstage, full operation yep. elements, et cetera. Right. The, the, the other thing to keep in mind too, is when we're talking about Salesforce or HubSpot, we also have to emphasize that we're talking about Salesforce CRM. Right. Right. Uh, because by the way, I think, you know, HubSpot integrates with Slack and with um, Teams. Mm-hmm. Right. HubSpot, um, I think, I think most people would agree that the Slack integration is a little bit smoother, a little bit nicer, a little bit less friction than, than the Teams integration. I think there's a, there's a higher level of functionality in the Slack integration. Yep. So understand when you're talking about Slack, do you know who you're talking about? No. Who are you talking about? I'm talking about Salesforce. Because Salesforce on Slack. Oh. Right? Salesforce bought Slack. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A while ago, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. When, you know, you, you want to, your, your, your BI is Tableau. You're talking about Salesforce. Right. right. Yeah. Okay. Um, now I see where you're going. Okay. Right. I didn't know where you were you going know, with that. <laughs> but so, so that, like my, my point is when we're, when, when we're talking about this, like it, it's funny, it, it, you know, you're, we're on team HubSpot, but, but we're using Salesforce. And so, you know, also when, when people are saying Salesforce laid off a thousand people, that's proof that, well, if you take a look at where most of those layoffs came, MuleSoft, Slack, like all, all of their acquisitions that play. Now, right. Another thing right. That's, that's been an argument has been that, you know, the, the fact that there are um, applications like Chili Piper, Sales Loft, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, is proof that Salesforce is not sufficient for the needs of today. So that, you know, that, yeah. that that's a limitation. It's act, so it would be a bug of the system, but it's not a bug. It's a feature, right? In that, right? It, it innate, so, so you're looking at Salesforce if you're building on it, if you've got critical functions running through it. So like Staples is on right. Salesforce. Staples has core elements of their underlying procurement systems, their e-commerce systems are on top of Salesforce. Those are, those are mission critical, can't fail. You know, Salesforce is a beast of a, of a tool and in, all the meanings of beast, right? You can't break it. Those are things oh, yeah. that play to Salesforce, yeah. right? And so, and so the other thing with Salesforce, we, I, we were on a call with somebody, they asked a question about um, HubSpot. They're like, can we change the color of, of the text there? We, we want, we want that to that, be in our colors. I get asked that so frequently. Can I change the color? I got asked that today on a call this morning. <laughs> right, well. Can we change the color of this, that, and the other thing? And, and you know what? In, in Salesforce, you could. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Can we change the name? Can, can we change what's up on the tab? You know, yeah. No, no I can ask that and, too. That's also one of my most common. Yep. Yep. In and Salesforce, you can. In Salesforce, you can. Right. So, so you can customize it. You can configure it. Et yeah. So, so because you're building on it, because, you're, because it's taking a multi-application approach, right? It's going to require a much higher level and deeper level of support, right? So you're going to become an IT-centric system. Right? Right. Salesforce is IT-centric. Yep. HubSpot is business line-centric, which, which means your total cost of ownership is going to be higher 
if you look only at cost, it's going to be higher on Salesforce. And, 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 and just to give you an idea, here, here's some interesting data that I got from a source recently. Let me, um, so, okay. So here, here, here's a couple data points. Um, so Carta's Salesforce team. And, and by the way, so what I'm going to talk about their Salesforce team, this okay. is on top of their revenue operations team. So they have a, a revenue operations team and they have a Salesforce dedicated team. So Carta has okay. approximately 2000 employees, 310 sales reps, 85 support mm-hmm. reps. So roughly 400 users on, yep. on Salesforce. They have a senior manager, Salesforce, three senior Salesforce administrators, mm-hmm. two Salesforce solution architects, a Salesforce developer, and apparently they have an open role for a business analyst for Service Cloud. Right. So, so that's that's how Carta is. You know, that's the team that Carta has built to support their Salesforce implementation. Let's look at a couple companies that, that maybe are a little bit smaller. Um, ClickUp. Right. So. The project manager tool that you decided we're moving to, right? Because we yeah, have a shirt. Didn't they give us a shirt that says, get shit done? Isn't that what their shirt said? They, they, they did. They did give us a shirt. So 210 sales reps. Okay. Right. Four Salesforce admins, two Salesforce okay. engineers. And then outside of that, four go-to-market system leaders. Miro, 350 sales reps. Salesforce architect. Mm-hmm. Three Salesforce admins, three systems leads. Okay, you're you're not going to find a HubSpot support team along right. those lines. Th- th- those would be those would be RevOps roles. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and and by the way, in, in in each case of what I've seen, the RevOps team is larger than 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 the Salesforce team. Um, right. Now, I, I actually had somebody um, who responded on something about Salesforce because I, you know, he the the person said the worst place. You know, who should own the Salesforce implementation? And basically the worst place was if it's owned by sales. And I'm like, okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. Why, why let the group that's impacted by it own it type, type thing? You know, my, my Bill Parcells <laughs> quote, if you're going to hold me yeah. accountable to the quality of dinner, at least you can do is let me shop for the groceries. He actually came yeah. back with something yeah. I hadn't thought about, right? Which, which fits mm-hmm. what we're talking about. And he said, look, if the only people that are using it are your sales team, then I guess, sure, who cares? But but again, if you look at why would you use Salesforce, you're looking at a system that's going to be more about end-to-end. Right. End, right? And there are yeah. times where that yeah. makes sense, and there are a lot of times where that doesn't make sense. Right? Now, yep. you, you might look at this, and you might say, oh, my God. And I know some people have. Why in the world would anybody buy I mean, 210 sales reps outside of the cost of your tech stack? You're also right. going to have, I mean, that's 6 to 10 people dedicated to supporting that who in the world would do that well well guess what if i'm trying if if my plan is to go public and i'm trying yep. to generate billions of dollars of enterprise value I, i'm spending a few million dollars to get there isn't isn't a bad thing yeah right and 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 yep. by the way if i have four salesforce admins two salesforce engineers four go to market systems leaders i can probably make that shit sink yeah. Oh, right? yeah. If, if, if you've got good strategy, if you've got good business process, you, you know, and, and the fact that I can go in and configure, like I can literally make the instance act like this for this group and a different element yep. with protecting cross. Like there's all these things that come in where if that's what you're trying to do, then, then, then the cost 
the squeeze is worth the, the you know the juice is worth the squeeze. Yeah, um, I was trying to figure yep. out the, the squeeze justify you know is justified by the juice. There you go. That's how I was yep. trying to reverse the um, right. So the the, the dangerous like when is Salesforce not the right one? Well, Salesforce is not the right tool, typically, if you're trying to get acceleration, if you're trying to drive adoption, if you're trying to drive utilization, and you're looking at a one tool. Like, so if you're just going to use Salesforce, then you're not going to, the juice isn't going to be worth the squeeze. It's not going to generate the emphasis. Um, if you don't have a team large enough to support and 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 a solid infrastructure, so like if you're in your early days of growth and you're scaling it up, the iterations and the time that it's going to take and the issues is going to be a lot harder. Although if you're using a multi um, tool implementation, I, you know, I want my sales development team to be able to iterate this. You're not necessarily iterating Salesforce, right? And if you think about the places where Salesforce clogs everything up, it's when Salesforce is being overused for the function. But if you're using sales loft and then, or outreach, then you, you can adjust this. And oh, by the way, the benefit of that is what you do there only impacts there, right? One of the one of the things you have to be careful about as your team gets bigger on UpSpot and, and more groups start using it is what you do to support the left hand. If it's not aware, you know, it's going to impact what's happening on the right hand, right? Yep. And, and yep, so we're that dealing can with create, this in a couple of places. Yeah. Right? That, that, that creates issues and items and things like that. And so you can't, like you can't build in hard walls, right? Now, yep. do I think companies with 200 salespeople, um, you know, now 200 salespeople click up that's raised, I don't know how much money they've raised, you know, they're clearly, you know, they're, they're, they're going down the hyper growth path. They're, they're not right. the same thing as the, you know, company that's been around for 30 years and has 200 salespeople. Right. Or right. or the company that that's the combination of 17 companies that got bought that has 200 salespeople. Right. Right. And so and so your IT team has has resource constraints. And and, and by the way, I, I believe in most of these cases, these Salesforce teams are in the IT group. I believe I don't know that for yep. sure. I know a lot of them are. But again, if I've got four Salesforce in, um, admins, two Salesforce engineers, and, and I can't even remember what I said um, about Carta. Even if you're in their IT team, they're dedicated to the Salesforce implementation. So, right, you know, you're you're, you're supporting that. That's a full time job, right? Yeah, right. So, so when you're when you're shared resource, you know, when you're sharing a resource and, and you're coming here, and the IT team is not in a full support of, of the sales organization, you've got you're 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 out of sync between those two groups. That creates a lot of friction. Um, you have yep. people that don't understand the underlying business process, business motions. That creates misalignment. And so the upside of HubSpot is it, it is lighter. So it's faster to use. Mm-hmm. It's faster to implement. It, it's easier to use. But, but some of the easier to use, just so we're all clear, is it's not as extendable or fully flexible. So you're, you know, the, you're the magic of HubSpot and what makes HubSpot so easy to use is it brings a very strong point of view. You know, one of the yep. reasons I think that, that we're having this success where we're having it is because we understand how to understand the company to take advantage of the point of view, but to not have that point of view limit what what happens, right? So I I have 
a single application. My team is working in one application. So if I'm if I mm-hmm. go on the Salesforce world and I get um, sales loft in this, and I don't have a strong backend to ensure that they are operating well together, now I'm working in multiple systems. That's going to drive down utilization. That's going to drive down adoption. Right. So like, yeah. I mean, I'm in the middle of a sales cycle right now with a large company that was seriously considering both. And I was talking to, to the HubSpot rep and they're like, why would you go? Um, and I said, look, if, if, if they're, if they want to make the investment in three full-time Salesforce admins, and I hadn't like, I, I, some of the research I've done, I've come to learn that the teams to actually get the job done are bigger than I thought they were. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you know, if, and by the way, this company is large enough, and 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 one of their tracks, their, their this company's track is either IPO or large strategic sale. So I could easily make the economic justification for an allocation of resources there. And I said, look, if they feel like this is worth and needs three full time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, then then what we have to acknowledge is maybe Salesforce mm-hmm. is the right, right choice for them. And right. And here's the thing, because we took that approach and it was pretty clear to me that they weren't going to, going to do that. But instead of just saying, you know, I'm spot good Salesforce bad, or well, Salesforce <laughs> is too complicated to work with. Right. It, you know, all, right. I, I, I think we led them to the place better. And, and oh, by the way, we learn every day, at least I learn every day from what I see someone doing with Salesforce and I go, Oh, how can we apply that? And if I was on the Salesforce side, I'd be looking at it, you know, from HubSpot. So, so why go HubSpot? HubSpot provides a single location. You get a suite of tools. So your core needs are, are addressed in a much simpler fashion. And now you can use, so your point applications become only those point applications that really need, you know, advanced or special capabilities. Most of them in their integrations are designed to bring their interface into HubSpot. So again, everybody's working in in fewer tools, right? That's the work in. So you're working in the tool. It doesn't take, it. it, it is no code with limited exceptions. Yeah. So it becomes, you know, so a, a business process person rather than a tech person can manage things. It, it it's easier to learn. It it truly brings together on a single place. It's, you know, in the mid market, it's the only single database option, which has a major benefit to it. Yeah. Um, it 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 allows you to allocate your resources more towards the the business line business need. Um, you know, some people say that you know because HubSpot marketing and sales hub, et cetera, are all in the same thing. It brings together a view that you cannot get anywhere else. Well, that's not true. You can get it. You just need a much, much, much more advanced implementation to get it. And so, which is likely not realistic for somebody. But again, there's a difference between saying it can't be done versus you can't economically justify it being done. So where do you want to make? And, and, and look, when you choose HubSpot, and, and I feel like I'm making the Salesforce argument more today than I'm making the HubSpot argument. And, and some of the reasons for that is that I make the HubSpot argument all, all the time. I mean, I think that, right. you know, the vast, vast, vast majority of companies 
that are that are under 500 in uh, 500 salespeople I'm under a thousand salespeople I would say unequivocally you know the only reason to use Salesforce over HubSpot with some exceptions is you you don't want to invest the time in strong business process because I will say this I'd rather have a shitty Salesforce implementation than a shitty HubSpot implementation okay why is that and so you know it you, you, are you familiar with the idea that every um, every weakness is it's kind of like a strength overdone? So HubSpot is easy to use. Mm-hmm. It is it is really easy to do just about anything in HubSpot. Yeah, that's the great thing about HubSpot. The horrible yep. thing about HubSpot is easy it's really easy to do just, just about it. anything. Right? Yeah. So so you go into somebody, you know, you you know what it's like. We go into. Uh, a portal, someone that's been using HubSpot for a few years, we go in and we see they've got like 3000 sales templates and the most any of them have been used like one, 17. Like if you look at all time, this one's been sent out 17. It's the top email. If you have, if you have a sales team of 50 and you have 3000 sales email templates, sales email templates aren't saving you time. Yeah. Right. They've got, They've got 117 dashboards and 3,000 reports, right? Because anyone can go in and do it. They got, they got 13 million workflows. I know they don't have that, right? You have, and so when you have a shitty implementation, you have all, you're, you're going to get a lot of chaos in HubSpot. In Salesforce, because it's hard to do anything, especially to do anything, you know, really functional financially. You, like I've got to go into the sandbox. I got to go into the back end to program something. Well, no one's doing that, so no one's going yeah. in. And 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 so what is Salesforce? What is a bad Salesforce implementation? Um, it's a Rolodex, right? It's yeah. it's okay. It's a database, right? So so you're not gonna, um, you're 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 not gonna have that same level of chaos if you. Will. I was gonna say so. A bad HubSpot implementation impacts you more than a bad Salesforce implementation. Yeah, it it, it creates a lot more. Um, it creates a lot more shakiness and and. Yeah, it, 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 so, but, but again, I, you know, I, I think that, you know, Salesforce is, is designed for high complication, um, large mission, mission critical. So, so you're making that platform decision. And if you're going to make that platform decision, you've got to invest in it and support it appropriately. Yeah. Uh, so, so you're going to build a competency and an organization in supporting the tool. And if you do that, Salesforce, I think, is a very viable, very powerful tool. When you're not doing that and you're looking to drive better business process, you're looking to drive greater sales velocity when it's more about, you know, when, when, when the driver is the business issue, mm-hmm. that's where I think HubSpot stands out. Now, there is an element that as companies get larger, they do become much more complicated. And so it yeah. becomes more likely, but well, they, it, things become more complicated and the way that they can amortize their costs, you know, the economic model changes sufficiently that, yep. you know, if you look at the total cost of the Salesforce support team at say an IBM, it's not having a material impact on their financials. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So, so, but you know so that doesn't mean that just because you get bigger, HubSpot right. stops making sense, right? So, so what you really have to yeah. do 
is get past the bullshit of what color shirt do you wear, right? <laughs> and go into and say, what's the job that we're trying to get done? Mm-hmm. What are the key contributors? And then also, and this is what I don't think anybody spends enough time doing, is what are the limiters, right? Yeah. You know, is the limiter tech acumen? Is the limiter number of people to support? Like those types of things come in and you've got to look at that, again, through the lens of the platform decision because that decision is going to drive so many other things that you don't even know are going to come up. And and you know what really tech that is? Is when you make the platform decision without realizing the platform decision that you made. And so now you're stuck. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So... I think that the the main things to consider what I, what I'm hearing you say is is so when you're when you're looking at Salesforce versus HubSpot the the key things to look at are your size of team what support what level of support do you have on the platform how many applications are you running and really on the HubSpot side if you if you're not clear on your business process and I would say this too for Salesforce, but more on HubSpot, it's going to be really impactful. No, I think, your... no, I think it's both. I think it's both. I'm just saying if yeah. you're going to do a shitty implementation, that right, which you shouldn't, like you shouldn't be doing shitty implementations. Um, well, and, yeah. And, 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 the, and the only other thing I would, I would say when you say size of team, I just want to make sure we're clear. We're talking about the size of, you know, how many people are going to be dedicated to supporting the tool. We're not talking about yeah. the size of your sales team. Correct. Correct. Yeah. All righty. With that, Jess, cool. the first RevOps show of 2023, it's in the book. First RevOps show is Lyft, too. There you go. Until next time. Thanks. And that's a wrap on this episode of the RevOps show. When it comes to choosing which platform is going to be best for your company, you have to look at your overall business process and figure out which is going to be best for you to be successful. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to go subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you listen to us on. Leave us a review and share the episode. If you have any questions you would like to ask Doug or Jess about HubSpot, Salesforce, or anything else RevOps related, email me at hannah at liftenablement.com or hit us up on Twitter at demandcreator. Until next time, remember, you can't solve your upstream problems downstream.